Since you enjoy this show, I thought I'd throw out there another podcast you might like. It's a show about the intersection of design, technology, and the creative process. It's the Design Better podcast. And in each episode, hosts Eli Woolery and Aaron Walter bring you conversations with inspiring creative thinkers like John Cleese and David Sedaris, people who bring design and technology together like Tony Fadal, co-inventor of the iPhone and the iPod. So far, some standout episodes for me have been when they talk to John Cleese of Monty Python about creativity. That is one of my favorite topics and one of my favorite people. Then also one of my favorite musicians, Tycho, about his creative process. And they talk with Seth Godin about how creativity is an act of generosity. I've always been fascinated by design, the creativity behind it, the implementation of it, both to improve our lives from a functionality and user interface standpoint, also from an artful bringing beauty into the world approach. So whether you're a design curious person like me or a design pro, Design Better is a great listen that inspires and informs. Subscribe to the Design Better podcast at designbetterpodcast.com or in your favorite podcast app like the one you're using right now. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. This is the show where we talk to the people behind the productivity. I'm your host, Eric Fisher. This week is a conversation between Steve Dotto, Mike Vardy, and myself, where we do our occasional productivity panel. This week's topic was productivity in social media. Covered in this episode, we will talk about why I deleted my Google Plus account. Sitting down to look at your social accounts and ask yourself, What am I using this for? How to get a good signal versus noise ratio in your social activities. And some of the best tips and tricks for getting a good return on investment from which social networks you do then choose to use. Before we get into that conversation, I want to say thank you to FreshBooks for supporting this episode of Beyond the To-Do List. You can go support this show by going to freshbooks.com slash to-do. When you sign up, there's a box that asks you, how did you hear about us? Just enter to-do. That supports this show. There's tons of people already using FreshBooks because FreshBooks makes it easy to do something that's not really that much fun, unless you're a numbers nerd, which is invoicing. FreshBooks makes it easy for you to create and send an invoice so you get paid for the work you've done, like in 30 seconds. Clients can pay you by check or online through FreshBooks, and you're going to get paid faster. One of the key principles in productivity that you've heard on this show before is that you should only be doing the things that you are uniquely qualified to do and delegate to others the things that you're not the only person who could do that task. However, that's not always the case when you are a one-man show or a very small team. Invoicing is one of those things that falls between the cracks. There can be a psychological roadblock to even having to remind people that they haven't paid you yet. It's just one of those icky feeling things like, yeah, I did the work, but I want to get paid. But FreshBooks is more than just about making it easy for you to spit out a template form. It lets you choose how to be paid and then makes it easy for you to get paid in that way. It takes the headache out of reminding people to pay you. It even lets you see if they've opened the invoice already. With FreshBooks, it's not just about invoicing. It's about invoicing and getting paid quicker, but it's also about tracking on the back end 
and monitoring when you get paid and where you're spending that money once you get paid. You got to try it out. FreshBooks is offering listeners of Beyond the To-Do List 30 free days of full access with no credit card required. All you need to do to support this show and make your life a whole lot easier is take advantage of this offer. Go to freshbooks.com slash to-do and in the how did you hear about us section, enter to-do. Thanks again to FreshBooks for supporting Beyond the To-Do List. Enjoy this conversation about productivity in social media. Welcome, everybody, to our productivity panel. I am Steve Dotto. I'm joined by Eric Fisher and Mike Marty. And uh, we we are here every other week to talk to you and chat with you folks about the world of productivity. Today, we're going to be talking about your productivity in social media. And just as we, before we hit record, I mentioned to Eric uh, that, uh, or I mentioned to Eric and Mike that I've just been reading the social media marketing, uh, social media marketing, world, uh, social media. It's the social- annual industry report from Social Media Examiner. Social Media Examiner. That was where I fact- was well, it's, you know what it made it, you know what made it just made me ha- dance a happy dance. Is Stelzner sent me a link as soon as you guys dropped it. And he said, Steve, you're going to like this. And, because on page 32 and page 39 of the report, the most important pages, they were talking about the social media tools that most marketing types are most interested in learning more skills on and using more. Number one, Facebook. Number two, can either of you guess? Can either of you guess? Video? YouTube. YouTube. YouTube is right there. YouTube, and and overall social video, but YouTube was yeah. it was the was the network that they talked about the most, which I thought was, woohoo! Hey, that's what I work on. So indeed, and indeed. then surprisingly, Google Plus is up higher somewhere in there, and Google I'm just Plus like, lingers. It lingers. Come on, it lingers like oh, a it lingers. Sorry? So Sorry? so maybe we should start with that. Is uh, I deleted my Google Plus account. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> and nobody noticed. Exactly. I, I saw it, but I didn't see it on Google+. <laughs> well, because it doesn't exist there. I, I, posted, I think I, holding, I snapped it, and I Instagrammed it, yeah, and I think yeah. I Facebooked it. I'm still holding on. To, I'm still, and tweeted it. Yeah, I'm still holding on to my, my MySpace account just in case. I probably still have one. And yeah, I think, I think I still do. Until you just said it. That would be a fun treasure hunt to try and find your MySpace account. Wouldn't it be cool if we started people back into MySpace? No, no, no. I don't that's think not we, I don't think we have that power. That's yeah. That's a great point, Eric. We like, have social, that power. You have to believe we have that power. Eric, yeah. you make a great point about like that would be terribly productive. One of the things that I struggle with, and I think a lot of people do, is is which social platforms are you going to work with, right? right? Because you could spend hours. Uh, Steve, you can attest to this. Hours just doing social media if you really want to. And not get any of the other stuff okay. done. Well, let's talk about if, if we're talking about social media for productivity. We, I think, we can talk about it from two aspects: is what yeah. is the best bang for our buck, or what mm-hmm. what's the most efficient way to use it. So let's start talking about best bang for the buck because I think sure. that comes down to, I think, one of the questionable aspects of you deleting your Google Plus account, Eric, is you're giving up what is perceived to be all of that search juice as a result. So how did you come to this decision? Other than the fact, I mean, it is a wasteland as far as conversation goes, but it's still a search engine machine. Wasn't using it anyway, so it wasn't benefiting me to begin with. You weren't posting anything to it at all? No. Okay. I have in the past, but at the same time, 
I don't know. Debatably, I should have kept it and just automated putting every new podcast that I put out there out there. Do the stupid guy voices. You start. Yes, I do. I'm a stupid guy. I delete. No, I have to go into automate it like Steve does on Twitter. It's it's, no, it's not. It's not. It's not the stupid guy voice. It's the voice of the masses where if you do something strange. Everybody comes back and said, no, you can't do that. You have to do you. You must be on Snapchat. What do you mean you're not on Snapchat? Like, you see what I'm saying? It's that voice. Anyways, I get it. Like, I get the whole SEO thing. But like, even at Social Media Examiner, like we saw over and over and over, month over month, even though we were trying new things and doing things differently and measuring through Google Analytics, we were giving less and less traffic on Google+. And at the point where it becomes not enough of a return on our investment. Why keep doing it? So we stopped doing it. Now we didn't close down, like we didn't delete our account or anything, but that that's where I got my thinking from was, yeah, you know what? I don't need to post anything there. I don't want to. And I'm going to eliminate that from being an option of many options. I, in other words, I'm, I am scaling back and this goes to your point of what's get, you know, what's the biggest bang for your buck? Well, I think whatever you're going to use and use wisely and use consistently is is part of that. So I knew I was never going to be excited about it and I wasn't going to keep posting there. So I just decided to eliminate the option. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, and that, that removes friction from the equation because then there's yeah. no, there's no decision. Like you can't post to Google plus, but, he, and but it also creating an account is like, yeah, forget it. But it also removes opportunity. Um, yeah, but, you, but there's there's a yes or a no opportunity with everything. You're yeah, you can't, you can't argue opportunity cost with me. Peter Drucker's Peter Drucker's I can quote: "Everything's a trade-off, right? Like, yeah, you're right. But you, there are, but there are. There, we now have several social platforms which engagement is quasi-optional. Twitter and Google Plus being the two. We can now use these, or it has become." the norm in many cases to use these social networks and these social platforms as marketing vehicles and not as conversation and engagement vehicles. Yeah. And that's a, that's yet another, you know, the whole, the whole, the whole argument between the words that make up the phrase social media, social and media and which one you're using them for, or are you using them for both? Twitter for me still, I I still, so for me, let me, let me say this. The one that gives me the biggest bang for my buck is not the largest social network. It's the one where I have the most followers and that's Twitter. Yes. Oh, it's not optional for me. That's the one where I get, that's where you choose engagement. And I see Liftcom talking about that. And I don't mean to insult the people who use Twitter for conversation, but I'm saying that it has become optional to use it. For conversation because there's so much noise and there's so much push yeah but i think so much flow but part of that's your choice I, I, exactly it is my choice it is I, our choice exactly i think that every social platform it's optional whether or not you want to you know have conversations or not i mean facebook could be that if you if you want it to yep. be it's about intent, facebook right? is a straight pay-to-play platform you yeah. can do yeah. There's so there's a lot of options there. The question is, I mean, it'd be interesting to. I, I think when it comes to social media productivity, is I think what you need to do, especially when there's so much noise, is to sit down and literally look at all your accounts and go, what am I using this for? What am I am I am I going to take a moment? I mean, Eric, you did that to a point. Only you really looked at, you know, you kind of recognized the one that was kind of staring at you in the face, going, I'm not really using this, which is Google right. Plus. Anchor is a great one. Like it is so small. But I mean, I was using Anchor to start off. I was, you know, I I I post two minute 
journal entries there. And I'm, and I was doing it and I'm like, you know, this seems like more work and less again, bang for your buck or whatever you want to call that. But I didn't really see how it was. I, I just, I looked at it and I said, you know what, am I going to spend my time here or somewhere else? It's about intent and where you want to put your attention. Cause clueless mentioned this earlier in that you can't be everywhere, you know? So why pretend to be? And, you know, we start we start running the risk of almost religion here because people have their networks that they believe mm-hmm. in and they recognize the totally. strength of them. Totally. And I'm, I'm here seeing from Liftcoms and and I saw from we had a comment just moments ago from Clueless who said he unfollows anyone who doesn't engage in conversations in Twitter, which is which is exactly the way it should be if you use Twitter as that platform. But in making choices, social marketers can choose to use a tool like Twitter if they have enough profile. But not everybody uses it for marketing. As a marketing and not a conversation tool. Yeah, I think that I think that what's happened, on, both both for the good and the bad, like anything else, is that it's become a market. Like all these channels have become marketing tools first and social engagement channels second, secondarily. So yep. I'm not saying that that's wrong. I'm just saying it was bound to happen, right? Remember yeah. I mean, the, the, the quote they call it the good old days of Twitter where you could go on there and it was, you know, you'd have conversations and there wouldn't be promoted tweets and all that stuff. And then all of a sudden uh, it's not that anymore. And then all of a sudden you have app.net show up and Allo and all those ones that say, we'll be what Twitter used to be. But the problem is you can't, you caught lightning in the bottle one. So I think that that it depends on your intent. If you want to use it as a social, if you're using it for marketing, then you're going to be measuring metrics and all that stuff. You're going to you are. Data points. But I think that that it boils down to, you know, if you're using it for marketing, then you're going to be looking at entirely different metrics, which is how many well, people yeah. are coming back to my world. Whereas if it's social, if it's social, you're just, I mean, look at Facebook. A lot of people just use Facebook to talk with their friends and family and they don't really care about, you know, how, the, how many people come back to their website. Especially people like us who work online and that's how we get our water cooler and our friends and our socialization in the majority of the time yeah. that we do that. That's which is not where, what we're, we're talking, we're talking yeah. about productivity here and yeah. we're talking about inefficiency. So at the risk of now being the bad guy, especially all of the Twitter people, the bottom line for app for tools like Twitter or all of these tools for me is I look at the metrics and I say, I don't have time to engage in Twitter and I don't, I have, I've chosen to use obviously YouTube as the social network that I engage the most in. Mm-hmm. Having said that, I promote all my content into Twitter and we op- we do look for conversations in Twitter and I have now a, 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 a VA that makes sure that I don't miss any important questions and stuff coming to me. So we engage at the bare minimum. It's the minimum viable product for us for Twitter. Yet when I look at my analytics on my on my webpage, I've got a substantial percentage of traffic coming from Twitter and if I look at bang for the buck, I'm not saying that I'm honoring that community the way that I probably should be, but I don't have time to. But bang for the buck, as far as efficiency and productivity goes, investing by promotion into Twitter, creating a steady stream of content out and using Twitter as a marketing tool is very productive for me. But if you want to engage in a conversation with me, there are other platforms that I am fully engaged in. Does I make I, sense? I th- I think that, yeah, I think that, that when it comes to being productive on social, you also, again, I think intent does boil down to it. If you want, if you, this morning I jumped on, I was up early enough because I had to get the kids ready for school. I engaged on Facebook early this morning. Same thing with Instagram and Snapchat. I went on and did a couple things. That was, that was some spot. Like I did a bit more personal stuff there. So I think it's about deciding when you want to do these kind of things. And in a lot of cases, like you said, Steve, automating. Um, But I, I automate things like, uh, shared posts such as, you know, 
articles that I find fascinating. I know you do that too, Eric. I'll use, yep. you know, Buffer. Oh, yeah. I use Buffer to do that. I use Buffer. I curate and I send out and people like it. I will even repeat stuff because it's done well the last time. And it's mm-hmm. not even my stuff, but it's like people are looking to me as one of the productivity people yep. and podcasters, et cetera, that that's what they're looking for from me there. And that's the channel. And, and so here's a place, here's a, here's a thought to get into in terms of treating different networks differently. Um, and that's what I will do. And I will feed and push out there on Twitter via buffer, but I, I will, I will throw other things out there too. Um, I don't do that on Facebook. I don't post every single productivity no. whatever on Facebook because that's where my family is. And it's like the last thing I need is for them to get bombarded with my articles or my latest podcast or whatever. Now, periodically, if it's a really great show, boom, I'll post it. Um, I won't even post half of social media examiner stuff there because majority of the people that know me are not marketers and they will not care and they will just tune me out. So, well, and, and I think for me, one of the things that I had to do was I had to actually create a Mike Vardy page versus the Mike Vardy personal profile. So I use those very differently on Facebook as well. Mm-hmm. I'll share most of my productivity stuff to the Mike Vardy page, whereas the family's like the personal page, and I will occasionally throw you know stuff on the personal page. And actually, Laura, Laura mentions, you know, about Buffer. Sometimes <laughs> Buffer allows me to actually share it directly to the page. Whereas sometimes if you try to share it from within an article, you can't do it so easily. So that's why I like using Buffer for that. Or even, I mean, you could, I guess, Hootsuite could do that as well. Yeah. But I, Laura asked a question. I recall reading that using Buffer hurts you for visibility on some social media networks. I've not, I don't know if that's true. Or not. I, Can you speak to that? And while Steve is snapping, I'll answer that He's question. Um, Buffer, it's not just Buffer. It's third-party posting tools and it's not on everything the place that i will put it that it's probably the biggest maybe downfall or drawback or dings you the most probably facebook we don't ever fully understand how their stuff works they have said and others have said that third-party tools like hootsuite and buffer and all those other things posting to facebook don't necessarily ding you but to be on the safe side with social media examiner we, we schedule any post on our Facebook page in the Facebook native scheduler. Well, yeah, because um, they have that now. They never used to. That's the other thing that happens, too, is that I, I think that what's happened is these tools have recognized, much like anything else. I mean, you could talk about Apple and Google and all of them recognizing this, is that Facebook said, hey, people want to schedule stuff. We better create a scheduler that you can actually use inside of Facebook so that they don't need to use Hootsuite or mm-hmm. Meshfire or Buffer or whatever. Yeah. So, the, yeah, I, I totally get that. Now, the one other piece to that, though, is like if you're scheduling stuff to Buffer, like, for example, um, Tweetbot, which is what I use. Yep, if people are here. using that, they can go in and they can mute any you – know, as a client, they can mute Buffer yeah. as a client. So anybody who's tweeting with Buffer only – all those buffer tweets and everything else you tweet aren't going to be seen by those people using Tweetbot. However, again, it's only the like pro users that are going to do that that actually are annoyed by every single person that ever tweets with Buffer. And it's like uh, before muting a client, I'm going to mute a person. <laughs> to be honest, yeah, yeah, or, so. or or a hashtag or something like yes. that. Like, you know, if you but it's exactly. ideal for it's ideal for muting things like those the auto uh, um the the people at auto. You know, if you follow me, you know, what if you follow somebody, the auto yeah. response that they send those auto replies that come yeah. Yeah. that are generated. I have a bunch of that stuff on. I don't 
have it really are any you clients. still are you still using social quant mike no no i, I, I mean eric eric i am yeah i've and not actually, really i've, I've fine-tuned i've i have fine-tuned it a bit let's explain to people what social no, 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 explain it because a lot of people probably don't know what it is how's the There's best a great way to video it? on the social media examiner website about it oh yeah there you go <laughs> social quant yeah. is a is a is is a is a is a community generation tool. What it does is it goes and you identify within social quant the sorts of people who you think their followers would be interested in following you or you would be interested in following. So what it does is it goes out and auto follows followers. So for example, if we were wanted to do productivity, if the productivity was your space, you would go in and you would say auto follow Steve Dotto, auto follow Eric Fisher, auto follow Mike Vardy. And what it, what social quant will do is it will start to auto follow your followers or our followers. The thought the thought being that when you follow somebody, they quite often start to follow you back. So it's an artificial way of boosting your numbers in Twitter. Some people find it offensive, other people find it a gold mine. Then what it does is it monitors who engages with you and who just sends an auto response. And over time, if they don't engage with you in, in any way, shape, or form, it'll start to drop them off as well. But what it does is it grows your community that way. And for me, it's significantly grown my Twitter following. And Eric, I think you can say the same. It's significantly grown yours. I can say the same. I actually checked it. Yeah. It, and, and, and recently, actually, one of the founders created a YouTube video about how to get more out of it, how to have the right target words and that kind of thing. And once I did that and I watched it and understood it and looked at it a little bit more, yeah, it's still one of those things where I have a love-hate relationship with it where I feel kind of dirty using it. But at the yep. same time, the effects of it have actually been really cool. And I've met really great people that have like – that because they're interested in productivity and I don't personally have the time to track everyone down. That's also interested in productivity out on Twitter. It tracks those down based on my keywords, follows them. And then I can then see they, you know, take a look at my profile, see if they like it or don't they follow or not fine. But then there's some sort of an engagement or a spark. And I have seen, I have had, you know, a good handful, plus, you know, handfuls, I should say, of people who I've started to like have actual conversations with based on mutual interest topics, based on this tool. Now, it only works it, with Twitter. It only works with it's Twitter. It's only for Twitter. Can it be gamed? Heck yes. You can throw in there social media, social media marketing, this, that, whatever. You can throw all those keywords in there. And actually, by the way, you're better off having fewer keywords, not more so mm -hmm. that it can really target the right people. But as a tool, it then goes in and, and can possibly make you look like a tool if you're just following people over and over and over again just to get more followers. Right. So warning there. Especially if you're not actively engaging on Twitter at all. Right. Steve, right. you don't engage too much on Twitter at all, though. So how does that work for you? I mean, you admittedly said that you do a lot of automation and you don't really engage all that much there so does that harm you we, we engage as much well well uh, we use uh actually we use agora pulse and uh -huh. jen monitors our social feed all the time in twitter she directs any messages to me that i have to re reply to and then I, I reply directly so i do spend time engaging but i don't seek out engagement in twitter that might that might be the that might be the thing i we reply we respond as best we can and we do miss links because there's just so much traffic in twitter uh, but we use Agora Pulse in order to manage it as best we can. And so I think Jen probably spends three or four hours a week 
managing our Twitter stream. We don't have all that many followers. Where I think it's twenty thousand or so. Uh, but but it's when I started, I, I, I was just looking up the numbers now in Social Point because I wanted to see how much it's grown. Because it's about a year now that I've been using it, and we started out at about four or five thousand followers on Twitter. And it was nothing. It was it was it, it didn't generate much traffic to my site at all. Now to the Dotto Tech site, it is a factor. Twitter is a factor. Still searching for a great candidate for your company? Don't search, just match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch that busy work. Instead, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. I wish I had Indeed when I was in the hiring process in roles in the past because it is a slow, arduous headache of a process to find the right people or at least it used to be, join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to find and hire great talent fast. In fact, in the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash to-do list. Just go to Indeed.com slash to-do list right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash to-do list. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Twitter's always been a factor for me, though. I don't, I mean... Well, you've engaged, though. You stayed I, know, engaged. So I don't know if I need to use it to... I mean, I, I can understand the va- value of social quant, but I, I look at it It's as, not a necessary tool. No, I mean, for me, I... It would feel like... I. I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm proud of the fact that all the followers that I have are I can't think of a robot that's in there. You know, I can't really think of, you know, like there's been a lot of people. I have one, you know, some people have said, should I buy Twitter followers or should I buy Facebook likes? And I, I'm not a big fan of that strategy. I get it. But again, I'm not it's, using it. Social quants very different than buying. No, 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 no. And I know social. I'm not I'm, I shouldn't. But it's also similar. Right. In some ways, it's similar in some ways. Yeah, because here's the here's where I had the issue, and I had a long conversation with uh, people like Ian Clary and Kim Garst before I was willing to do it because I said I feel that it's disingenuous of me to follow you if I have no actual intention of following you. Yeah, and uh, I can't remember what they said, but they convinced me it was okay. Now that I hear it come out of my mouth. It makes it sound even worse. Right. And mm. Next Gen Bizman actually does make a good point. If you're paying for a service to grow a following, that's technically buying followers, which is true. I mean, it, 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 I mean, it depends on how you look at it. But that let me, let me, like, yeah. I mean, we do it in Facebook. We do it in Facebook. We pay for traffic in Facebook. Well, yeah, but, that, of, no, but that's, well, that's different. But that's different. That's, adver- oh, that's, 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 adver- actually, that's advertising. It's and not. that's, and that's the way that I view social quant is. No, it's, I, I'm, I'm not buying followers i am following and if they don't follow fine no big deal but i am some i am somewhat using it as advertising for to somebody like face like facebook advertising to get my message you know it's not for me because i mean for nobody's it's not for it's not for everybody it's it's uh, debatably i'm bipolar on this too I'd rather have I'd rather have yeah, 10, I see return from it. So. I'd rather have like ten thousand Twitter followers, which I guess I'm creeping up to that point that I you know that I've just grown. You know, I mean, and I think that for me, I'm spending time when it comes to social. I've gotten better, especially now that I've got this book that I like. The summer's going to be crazy for me because I've got this book to write, uh, this dummies book to write. 
I'm not going to be, I'm going to be very selective about what I, <laughs> what I write about, right? Like, or what I, how I engage on social. So I don't want to have too many, I help myself spread out too far, but I want to make sure that when I'm there, I'm actually, you know, I'm, I'm in the platform that I'm going to be actually, you know, doing the stuff. And so Instagram, Instagram, like Steve, when I met Sue and Sue and I had a great chat at social media camp, I was, you know, I'm like, you know what? Instagram makes a lot of sense. I just came back from Atlanta at a conference, the National Association of Professional Organizers, and my Instagram following increased a lot more than any other because a lot of them were taking pictures. And I would imagine that professional organizers that go in and take, you know, and they they are, they're very into Instagram and I would imagine Pinterest. So for me, it was very much, you know, and I like how you can have an Instagram, I have an IFTTT recipe that auto shares it to Twitter with the image in line. Like, so you can actually see the image. So I could see Instagram as being something that I should be spending more time with than say, you know, like I said, anchor or even, you know, or even, you know, or even Snapchat. I am using Snapchat, but I do it once per day about, about once per day. And I use it specifically. I use it for behind the scenes stuff. I don't use it for, you know, like, Hey, here's what I'm doing right now. I, I share a few things there. But I'm trying to do like, hey, here's here's some stuff that you're going to be seeing from me very soon. I think that that's where Snapchat yeah. comes in. Let's kind of hone in on – we definitely should yeah. talk about Snapchat specifically. Right. We should talk Why? about – because We're talking about productivity. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we should talk about what we use social media for. Mm-hmm. And we should talk about – how we can be more efficient with our use of it. Yeah. And we should even say, how do you gauge whether something new that comes along is worth even checking out? Like we do with all our productivity tools. Lead the charge, my friend. All right. Let's start with that one. Like what uh, I I avoided Snapchat for the longest time and then jumped on it again. Like I've deleted the app from my phone numbers a number of times as well. I still don't totally get it, even though I do. I don't love it. I don't hate it. But I feel like it's fun sometimes, and other times it gets no love from me whatsoever. Part of it is this peer pressure from other people, not you guys for sure, but probably mostly because I'm in the social media marketing, blah, 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 that I feel like not using it is a a, uh, fail. fail. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What do you guys think? I think that it's important to understand what it can do like what what it does and then figure out if it works for you again i'll I'll use anchor as an example anchor is far less high profile but gary vaynerchuk mentions it in uh, i think he mentioned it one of his snaps or whatever he said you know anchor is one of those ones where you could be the king of anchor and that's what i think people get caught up in is like i could be this person i could be that um I tell you, with Snapchat, I'm using it. I actually have it in Todoist to post a snap per day because I'll forget mm-hmm. at this point. So if I see that, if if I don't, if it doesn't become part of my ethos of like what I'm doing after a while and I still have to leave it in there, then it's not something I'm going to be using over the long term. So that's how I test out new social platforms. I'm like, post this in here. And if it's the thing that doesn't get done consistently then I'm like, well, clearly it's not a priority, so I'm ditching it. That's why Anchor isn't getting done very, that much anymore. It sounds, you know, very artificial in a manner of speaking, but it's only for the new stuff that I bring on. So I think, like, I like what Snapchat can do in in a sense of I don't need to be on there every five seconds. I see a lot of people that are constantly snapping. 
but I do see the uh, the benefit of it for behind the scenes stuff. So I, that's where I kind of, mm-hmm. but I could do that with Instagram too, right? So right, and for a while there, especially when Instagram was coming out with, because you can now do on Instagram a minute of video, yeah, yep. and you can even stitch stuff together. I'm like, well, dude, there you go. You can do six 10-minute snaps right there in Instagram, and it doesn't have to then magically disappear the next day after 24 hours. The danger, too, is that once you start using a tool like this and you stop, that's where people can kind of – Okay, we're all all heading in a completely wrong direction here. Explain. Okay, I will explain to you. Sit down at the knee of the wise men, boys. When's he getting here? (sighs) Ooh. Here's the thing. Video, just because it seems to be video, video is not equal in all aspects. Mm -hmm. Video, as I've explained, I think I might have mentioned here before, is like words. The words that we see in a recipe and the words that we see in directions to get to a a party and the words we see on the page in a poem all look the same, but they have very different application. Video on YouTube, which is persistent video, video on Instagram, which is semi-persistent but interruptive, they're all for different purposes. Video for Snapchat is merely the conveyance. It's not the theme. Video for Snapchat, it's a conversation. It's not to be posted. Snapchat is not designed for the stories to be posted and to be viewed the way that the persistent video that I do on YouTube is, for example. It's basically instant messaging on steroids. Now, you can save them. You can create little snap stories out of it, which some people do, but most people abuse because there's no narrative, there's no value, there's no repetitive value from it. Snapchat is texting on steroids. It's tremendous intimacy. And the reason that the stuff disappears is in this ADHD world, when we brush through things so quickly and we browse past things, it compels us to stop, pause, and consume this message coming from this person that they created for you or it is gone. What it does is it creates the pressure to pay attention and to have presence at that moment. That's the genesis. That's the basis, in my opinion, of what Snapchat is about. Whether or not it works for you is 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 highly questionable. And, and I mean, the the issues are it is a an enormous commitment of time and attention to both create the snaps and to think of them enough about what you're going to be sending through, and to properly consume them. Because even though it's only ten seconds of video, ten seconds is a long time when you're not really interested in what they're talking about. So that's where Snapchat sits. We cannot compare it to Instagram video. We cannot compare it to what are you doing? You're, you're, pat, you're tapping through. But that that's with Snap Stories. If somebody's sending you information, if somebody's sending you a Snap directly, you're really compelled to consume it to see what it was they were saying, right? And you have that basically that one with a with a with a uh, with a mulligan, but that one opportunity to consume it. So, uh, you know, entering it in the conversation of live streaming or interruptive video, like in Instagram or Facebook or intentional video, like YouTube, it's, it's, it's a different, it's a different cat. I don't don't disagree. I don't disagree Uh, either. It's actually, I mean, you made some incredibly valid points, especially when, I mean, my brother uses it. Right. And so he, yesterday, actually, I think it was yesterday, the day before he sent me a snap of a private message. I don't get a lot of private messages, but it was him and my mom golfing in Ontario. And I said, Hey, just want to say hi. We're on the golf course. And and, and the thing is, I replied back with Snapchat, both video, 10 seconds, got my message across. So I think, I think that's why I schedule it in Todoist because I know that it's something that I want to pay some attention to. If it wasn't there, 
I would ignore it completely. You know, I, Mike, I'm scheduling Snapchat. No, no, like, no. It, I'm, I, it's like scheduling a chat with somebody. I'm going gonna, gonna to send Mike a message saying, how are you doing today? And I'm going to put it in Todoist. No. Just for once, just for once, be, be impulsive. It's a trigger. If I don't see it, then I may not do it. I have a lot going on. We all do. Yeah, it's a reminder. It's not. It, it's not a, I must do it at this time. It's a. Make sure that, you know, oh, remember that you want to spend more time in Snapchat or remember that you want to spend more time in Instagram. It's call your mom. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's exactly. Laura Laura has a great question. Still not working because Laura just wrote. No, you can't. It's not working. So I know someone asked. What are they doing? I know we asked. What are the guys at Blab doing? Why do they not fix these things? Why can I never find an interesting Blab that wrote in this show? Uh, We also had a question before, Laura, about Crowdfire. I can't remember who asked it, but they said, do you guys use Crowdfire? I don't. I don't. I've seen it. It doesn't have the strategic thing that Social Quant does, so I don't use it. But but great question. Um, Steve, you haven't used it, have you? Crowdfire? Crowdfire, no. no. Okay, so sorry, Fireoid. We couldn't help you there. So she says, uh, what are our thoughts on fitting social media into a productive life? Mm-hmm. Not just for those of us who talk about productivity or social media as a business, but for people in general, the average consumer is, is where I would translate that to be. How do we apply principles of essentialism to the use of what platforms we choose to use? I think that, again, we're kind of those edge cases where we're all online entrepreneurs, so we're using them as both engagement and marketing We're guinea pigs. I think that the biggest problem for a lot of people is that these (coughs) tools are so readily available to them that the biggest thing that I think a lot of people need to do with like things like Facebook and Twitter, if they're using them actively, just, you know, they're... I'll use the term civilians, I guess, probably the best. Uh, you know, I think that, that the biggest danger is the notification aspect is the that's what pulls people in when they really shouldn't be pulled in. So I would be, uh, again, cautious about how to mitigate those and understand, hey, when should I be going on and, and being social versus when I shouldn't think about it in real life? Like you wouldn't uh, if you're at the office you're not going to necessarily pick up the phone and call a friend if you're in the middle of work because <laughs> they just, you know, they entered your head and you're like, oh yeah, I should call, you know, Steve, because I saw this really cool thing and I should let him know right now that I saw this really cool thing. Yeah. The fact that your friend posted a picture of a dog and tagged you in it. Yeah. I mean, so I think that again, it's be responsible with it, you know, structure that time, whether it, I mean, I don't even think you should do it necessarily during your break period at the office either, because your breaks during the office are kind of like those things where, you need to ha- disconnect because you're connected so much. But I mean, I- another first world problem for people like us. Yeah. So I think that that for for, you know, having some time to say, you know, after your day's done or on the way to the office to catching up with people and stuff like that, I think that that's that's worthwhile. And the and and the notifications is one aspect, but I think even a bigger aspect for people is uh, for civilians and for us mm-hmm. is full, right the fear of missing out the fear that there's something happening <laughs> there's a party going on that you're not part of that you're not invited to and i think for that that vicky mcleod uh, i'm not sure if she's on this blab or not now but she's uh she's uh she talks she actually spoke 
or, or she spoke at uh, at a social media conference, the one here in uh, Vancouver, yeah, the, the one, one up in the, the seat, the market, the one up in the yeah. Canadian Internet Marketing Association, I think it was. Uh, but they, uh, she spoke about uh, the the uh, the joy of missing out. The you know talking about mm-hmm. you know how it's how it's okay to disengage. Now, personally, I disagree with that. I can't do it. But having said that, I think for most people. Uh, for all of us, that fear of missing out, that fear of not knowing what's going on or not being part of the conversation or missing something important or missing something relevant comes into play. So consequently, we juggle all of these networks and we try and skim the surface and we try and just kind of audit everything that's going on. And that's just too much. That's just too much for us, which is, which is you know, one of the, I think one of the biggest, one of the biggest productivity uh, tenants that you can put in place if you want to be productive in social media is really picking your channel and staying with that and then just committing yourself wholly to one channel and then choosing uh, the best technologies that will help you audit and manage the rest of the channels right. and tools like tools like you know if we talk about tools if we talk about our toolkit what we we talked about buffer which is a tool that gives you that that allows you to automatically post and quickly and effectively post content very quickly. What do you use for replying to content? What do you use for conversation? What tools do you use, Mike? Well, I actually have, uh, I use Buffer for sharing and I use Hootsuite for monitoring. So I'll use Hootsuite okay. free version to actually see what's going on. On on my phone, uh, I will use the just the Facebook app and the and TweetBot, and then I have Facebook Messenger and stuff. And, and notifications, notifications. Only, notif- only notifications I have on are direct messaging. Okay, Eric, what do you do? You use anything to help facilitate conversation or to help you facilitate your social channels? I do what we what I had to do when I first moved into working for Social Media Examiner for two years now. Geez, um, was figuring out a way to check multiple places at intervals. And what I've done is, is I've adopted that. It's almost like I've got my my intervals of okay, here's my here's my reps on this machine, and then that machine, and then that machine. I've just swapped that out that it's different. You know, here's where I go to check Facebook. Here's where I go to you check this, this, and this. You do not use the social dashboard to manage everything. You actually go into Facebook and use the native apps for all of it. It depends. There are, I mean, we use Agora Pulse for, for, for work. We use Agora Pulse, and I think that's pretty much it, actually. Other than the Facebook yeah. message. Well, no, you can do Facebook messages there, too. Um, so mm-hmm. for work, it's that. For me personally, I'll go and I'll go through each thing natively real quick and then just be done with it. And I don't do that as often as I do for um, work because obviously it's not as much of a necessity to, to yeah. check social in that regard. And I will go back and I'll say, I will open up probably twice a day. I will open up and I have very few people I'm following and that are following me on Snapchat and I'll go through and I'll just go through what everybody's done for the mm-hmm. day. And if it's worth replying to, I will, for the most part, I don't, but yeah, yeah. I'm alert. Snapchat, I, Snapchat, I'm Snapchat. I'm looking at outside of this of, of the social platform. I'm looking at more like a like a, a client with, uh, as opposed to a platform. But I use the same. I use Agora Pulse, and we use that, and we have all of our LinkedIn, all of our Facebook, and all of our Twitter feeds focused at Agora Pulse. So we simply have to go to one place in Agora Pulse, a dashboard that has all of the conversations, and then we just work through it. By there are some people who don't know what Agora Pulse is. Agora Pulse is a social platform that's really designed for conversation, but it's 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 similar to Hootsuite. It would be Hootsuite's one uh, competition for Hootsuite, okay. more so than for Buffer or anything else. And it does use a kind of inbox mentality that once you've seen everything, you can mark it all as reviewed and then have nothing there and walk away with a 
quote unquote and inbox for, zero feeling. Yeah, it is. It's it's designed for inbox zero for your social platforms. And it is team based. So mm-hmm. when Jen is working through and she sees a tweet that is a, a personal message to me, all she does is she assigns it to me. And then the, if somebody else, if we had a third person that was working on that account, if they went in, they would see that that they would never even see that message because it would have been assigned to me. So it allows us to it allows us to touch a message once, deal with it, and then it disappears. So when I go into the inbox, anything that Jen has already gone through, I don't even see. Mm-hmm. So I'm not I'm not overwhelmed by all of this all of this. Uh, or she can assign message. you. She can say, "Hey, this tweet is one yeah, Steve really needs yeah. to respond to himself." So she'll assign it to you, and yeah, she'll assign it to yeah. me. And quite often, she'll comment to the person, "Steve got you know this," and and then it usually takes me a day or two because I don't go into it every single day. I go into it every other day. But Friar Wade asked, "Does Agoric Pulse get three thumbs up?" Well, it gets two thumbs up for me. It's the tool that I use. So I so there's there's two thumbs. I'll add two more. So there's four. And I don't know enough about it, but I, I'm intrigued, so I'll check it out. And I think there's a Kaner, uh, Kalner Williams is in the – so you got quite she the – She managed the there. blog there. Very cool. Yeah. yeah, so. yeah. By and, the way, great, and, great blog. I have shared some of your stuff recently on Social Media Examiner. Yesterday, I think, in fact. Yeah, and, and, the, and the, the founder and owner is Amber Carno, who is one of, the, one of the great, great people of our industry. Just a, a, a wonderful soul. Lyft comms, you're asking, uh, do we need, you like Hootsuite or you really don't like Hootsuite? Um, you need to be integrating with a no. team to get value. No. You can use Agora Pulse independently. And the other big strength of Agora Pulse over Hootsuite, if you're using it, is Agora Pulse's mobile client is really good, whereas Hootsuite's mobile client is really bad. And I say that with all love for Hootsuite since I'm a Vancouver guy, but Jiminy Cricket, their mobile client. And I won't hate on them, but yeah, Hootsuite's mobile needs some work. I think. Yeah. 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 Well, I, that's why I, I like using, like I said, I like using Buffer for sharing and Hootsuite I'm using for just monitoring. So Agora Pulse sounds like it's something that would be. And yeah, I noticed. Now, Agora, now Agora Pulse would not replace Hootsuite in my mind as a research tool. Yeah, but I don't, it's I, a conversation I, don't, I, don't, I don't use it. It manages your accounts. Yeah, I don't really use it for research. So there you go. Awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think that the, now how many social, I think this is a good place to go to is before, you know, as we get closer to the end is how many social networks are you actually active on? Like regularly uh, guys, like just so that we can get a sense. Cause there's a lot of people here that have a lot. So we're, w- w- let's start with you, Steve. Okay. Well, obviously YouTube, mm-hmm. Facebook, I'm very engaged in. I use Facebook to cross post everything. And I, I'm beginning to actually like Facebook's for paid traffic consider, because I'm getting my head around it. Sorry. Do you consider YouTube to be a social platform? Do you consider it to be Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I do too. I'm just because that's where a lot of your content lives too, though, right? And so does the Bible. So does Social Media Examiner because YouTube is mentioned in their report. I, I'm not disagree. I'm not dis- I just, it just seems like YouTube dances that line. Do you know what I mean? Well, you, YouTube, uh, I mean, when I, when I give my talks, I tell people YouTube is not a distribution platform, which most people think it is, but it's in fact a search engine. Mm-hmm. But we're talking semantics at this point. Yeah, I use point. it as a social network because that's where engagement occurs. I respond to every single comment in comments, and comments in YouTube is what leads me to my new content and creates a personal engagement with my audience. That's why it's my most important social network. Gotcha. Facebook is important just because it's the best growth platform there is. Faux Steve plays in Twitter mm-hmm. and faux Steve is in Instagram as well. Jen manages for the most part, our Instagram account, which is uh, again, kind of a minimum viable product. <laughs> Don't tell Sue Zimmerman. Nobody out there tells <laughs> Sue Zimmerman that I said that, please. 
And uh, and faux Steve is obviously in Twitter, which we've which we've been back and forth on today. And Steve is playing with Snapchat, but Steve is playing with Snapchat the way that Steve uh, would be texting with you or using Facebook Messenger with you. It's uh, you know I do have I do try and establish my personality a little bit with a little bit of a quirky snap story because I it's fun for me. But uh, I, I don't hold out much hope that it's going to be important to my business long term. Right. Okay. Eric, what about you? Uh, I So what I did was I picked up my phone and I opened it and I said, all right, what's on here? What what do I have on here at all? And then what's on my home screen? And ultimately, I use Facebook and Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. And then I also have Pinterest in here because they've opened up the ability to do affiliate links on there again. And that is something where I'm going to be curating my top tech tools and top productivity books and, you know, geeky stuff where I want to make, you know, some spending money off Amazon credit, basically. But uh, yeah, that's and that's why it's primarily it's I, I don't feel like I need to have a tool that lumps Facebook and Twitter and Instagram all in one and just check it once because I, I kind of like playing in the individual sandboxes and seeing what they do themselves. And just, I don't, I don't feel like it takes me more time to do that when I do that. So. Cool. I'm kind of the same. It's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, more and more. Uh, I'm dabbling with Snapchat, uh, but uh, obviously I'm not, you know, I'm I'm just. Once a day. Now, now, well, sometimes more than once a day, but I'm going in and actively engaging with it at least once a day. The other one that I'm curious about, because it was the new hotness last year, was Periscope. Now, here's the interesting thing, and this is why I have – I want to bring this up because yeah. I looked at my Periscope – as soon as Periscope happened, I signed up, right? Because I thought, hey, it's going to be cool. But I have nothing to say there yet, so I'm not going to do any videos. I have almost a 1,000 people following me on Periscope. I haven't done a single video yet. So my wife sees that. Now, this is, this is where my, my wife sees it and goes, you should be using Periscope. And then that's where the whole thing that happens where, Eric, you get the people that say, oh, you should totally be leveraging that. You should totally be. But and the same thing with YouTube. I want to do more video, but I have. Huh? Sorry. Uh, that's my voice of the masses. Um, <laughs> we very different. It's the Canadian voice of the masses. Um, hey, but but should, uh, totally be leveraging it, eh? <laughs> but for me, I mean, the same thing with YouTube. I want to do more video, but I want to do it well. So if I'm going to do, I mean, so like. I don't, that's where I get caught up. I think that's where we all get caught up. And so I just say, no, like I get better. I'm like, you know what? Nope, not ready yet. Not going to touch it yet. I'm going to wait because like I've said, once you start, like I would, I'd rather do no videos on Periscope than I've done one. I was using Periscope last summer a bit and I was using it more and more. And then they made some changes and that was good. Facebook live. And I actually did a test of this Facebook live on my beyond the to-do list Facebook page went fairly well. Yeah. And the Periscope back a mask and it'll go awesome. I don't Anyway, I still haven't watched that video and it's fine. It's fine. I, I don't care. And Periscope I've not done. I did one. I tested it and didn't get nearly as much reach. Although I have so many more when I tweeted it out, I have so many more Twitter followers than anywhere else. And it's just like, something's up there like that, that I can't, and the reason it, it has is, more to do with Twitter, to be honest. The re- well, no, there's two reasons. And that there's saturation of too many tools. The reason Periscope and, and, and there, there's, a, there's a, a chasm between Facebook Live and Periscope is for to view you on Periscope, people have to be on your, their phone. 
mm-hmm. they have to be following you on the phone. People are already in Facebook. They get notification that you're well, there. No, they can it's click. Very easy migration. You can watch a Periscope. If, you're, if you click through on Twitter. Yeah, but you're not there. It's, you know, people always have Facebook open in a tab. That is so not true and not productive. Trust me. Well, it's, <laughs> you might say it's so not true, but it's I'm not here true to tell for you, me. It's pretty darn true. It's pretty darn true. Yeah. There's a lot more people on Facebook right now than are monitoring Twitter actively on their desktop. Which is, which again, you're right, Eric. True. It's unproductive. Yeah. That, look at all the people anyway. saying it's true, it's true, it's true. I, I, <laughs> Except for RT Glitter, who says it's not true, but they have no credibility. I'm at this kind point of in anymore. a holding pattern. I, I am going, I, on, by the way, on the days that we don't do these blabs, over on my Facebook page, I do a 20 minute, 30 minute office hours thing. And, with Facebook Live, and I like it. I've enjoyed it. It gives me ideas for new shows, and it's me talking out loud and answering questions and all that kind of stuff. Did you schedule? Did you schedule that? Yeah. So you actually block it? Well, I'm just asking. Because I do on my calendar. I do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm just asking because there's that. a slot open because of this not being there. Right. So the so productivity wise, that's that's because that, I want to get back to the productivity aspect of it because you're right. I mean, a lot of people. On fa- like there are people that have Facebook open all the time or on their phones are getting constant notifications, right? I mean, I, I that's where the danger comes in is that you're already constantly connected to your work. Then there's these interruptions that come your way from the social channels and you have to choose. Like, I think you have to just say, okay, I'm going to be in social mode right now or I'm going to be in work mode. Like you can't. Oh. You that's exactly what those. I do. But that's exactly what I, I do. I have I know that's what you do. I, I my phone only has texting notifications. Like calls and texting mm-hmm. is the only thing that's going to show up. Social posts, you know, Facebook notifications have been off for years and years. Twitter, same thing. Like nobody on a social network is going to ping me and get a response anytime soon. Um so you don't have Twitter uh, Facebook or Twitter DMs on. No. See, I have them on, but because I can tell where they're coming from based just at a quick glance, I go, "Oh yeah, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna deal with that." I keep Facebook. I keep Facebook mentions on. I mentions really. Mike, I turned off Twitter. Mike, do you have email notifications turned on? No. That's the exact point I'm making when it comes to the direct messages. Then because because of the fact, yeah, I don't. Have I have a scheduled time to go in and check those places. Yeah, but that's, yeah, yeah, no. It's 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 very. It, it's the same. It's the same principle. It's just done completely yeah. differently. Yeah, because yep. email to me. Email to I mean, if someone direct message, it's a good point. If someone direct message, uh, no, 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 no. It's a good point because if someone direct messages me on Twitter or Facebook, they either are they're trying to get my attention sooner than they would be via email. They understand that email is going to be. I'm not going to check. Do you, do you still have that irritating autoresponder where you can message you instantly to reach no. you through some? Away find away find is shut down, so you can't. Good. You can't I didn't like that. Yeah, I know, but it worked. For a lot of people, a lot of people uh, mind for you. Well, yeah. Well, that's who's meant. Not for anybody that's who's meant you. to work for. <laughs> it works <laughs> it's meant for, to work me. for me. Um, now I have somebody. That, you know, I have. You know, the in, the info email goes directly to you know my assistant. And then I, that's how that's filtered. But that's a really it's, good point, Eric. Is that yeah. you know? I mean, I think that some people. Uh, I I actually have. Um, a text expander snippet that if somebody messages me in Facebook, I'll say, drop me a line via email and then I'll leave it at that. So as we've got a few more minutes left, any final thoughts in terms of productivity on social media usage? 
I, I think for one of the things that you can do if you want to claim back some of the time where you can be engaged but not necessarily be there is to use some of those automation tools. I know Scott Stratton has said, you know, if you're not actively there, then you're not there. But I think it's important. I mean, if you want to maintain a presence, that's where I think using tools like Buffer or, or, or whatever tool you're going to use to schedule, you know, and it does, it finds a spot for it. I, it, sh- it shows it- that you're there. I think going back to one of the earliest comments that was made, I think Liftcoms made it saying, Steve, you're actually missing out opportunities by not engaging in Twitter more, which I agree with 100%. I think we have to get comfortable in social media with losing out on opportunities. And we have to choose what opportunities we should engage in, which ones we have to give up on. And we can't feel bad. We can't feel guilty. Uh, and we can't feel anxious about the fact that we are saying no to some opportunities. Yeah. We just have to do it. There's just if you if you are actively engaged and and and, and you've got a, a solid social presence, there is too much opportunity out there for anybody to get and, and to engage 100% with all of that opportunity. So pick the one that's going to pay off the best if you can, and concentrate on that, and then don't feel so bad about the rest. For me, it's a, for me it's it's a, it's it's almost like therapy. I almost had to like sit down on a psychiatrist couch and go, these are the issues that I'm having with, with the, with the guilt of not, of taking advantage of a network and not participating, but still wanting that. Just what Eric and I've been talking about with social quant. I think we have to get past that. And for the rest of you, stop making us feel guilty. (laughs) Eric, what about you? My final thought is, is I don't give out my phone number to my cell phone to everybody. Mm -hmm. And there's a reason for that. And so you've got to pick and choose completely contextually for you. I can't tell you which to be on or what to be doing or how often to be doing it. You have to do the deep work and figure that out for yourself. But it pays off to do that work for you to then feel free. And heck, I I have not done a complete like delete every app off my phone and unplug for a week or a month for that matter in a while. And I probably should. Mm-hmm. So, uh, there's a comment by, by Kay Custis and they're saying, pick where your attention lies. I think the first thing you can do is pick where your intention lies and then mm-hmm. find that place that you where, where if you pay attention that that can be furthered. I, I think that that's part of it too. Yeah. So we hope we gave you all the answers, but really only you are the one that can come up with those. And I'm pretty sure I just came up with a killer business solution for Friar Wade. I'm, I'm, I believe I'm the only former ca- or only Catholic here on the on the in the panel. Online confessions, it would be awesome. <laughs> you could, you could. <laughs> I wonder if there is. There yeah, you need, is. you need some encryption. There's probably something on there. Encryption. You need some Snapchat confessions. Yes, confessions in ten seconds or less. Snapchat confessions. Oh, oh, oh! Killer idea. There you go. <laughs> Laura says that's Facebook, Steve. <laughs> so many people do that in Facebook. That's so true. I got, okay, so I, I'd be remiss if I didn't say this, but for all the talk that we, because of the the Facebook confessions, um, I have to say that I absolutely love what Chase Reeves does with Snapchat. Yes, that he's just decided to use it for fun and go there and put a filter on his face and pretend he's a different character, and I absolutely love it. I wish that there was a way to just. I don't know. I, I I want to do that myself. I just don't have time to do it. But it's such a creative like way of fit, using it. it. I haven't seen it. I haven't it's seen so it. good. It also fits in with who he is. You it it, it totally does. It, right? it like, totally does. 
guys. And he'll download, he'll download the video and he'll throw it up on Facebook and uh, Instagram. And it's, it's just so good. He pretends to be this really shy, awkward, but yet like entrepreneurial, like, Hey guys, I know what I'm talking about. Like, here's how you got to do for this. Like, you know how you make money online? You got to believe. Got, and he's got a weird face filter on and it's just, oh my God, it's so good. Anyway. Doing the face replacement stuff. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, okay. that's our show. All right. And scene. Well, I hope you are walking away from this conversation with some of the analytical or existential questions in your brain about what you use social media for, whether you purely use it as a consumer to just socially interact with your friends online, whether you've known them face-to-face first or met them only online and then taken that relationship offline and added the component of face-to-face to that online relationship. I've experienced both of those and they are great. Or whether you actually use social media to promote things or market for a business, all of the above requires strategic and intentional usage. And I hope you're walking away with some tips, some tricks, some things you gleaned from the three of us that do that, as well as maybe some thoughts to sit down and try or ponder for yourself and increase your productivity when it comes to your use of social media in whatever way it is you use it. Thanks again to FreshBooks for supporting this episode of Beyond the To-Do List. Again, You can get your free 30 days of full access to FreshBooks by going to freshbooks.com slash to-do. It supports this show. It supports you because you are going to get paid more and track what you got paid more as you spend it. Win, win, win. I don't know. There's multiple parties in there. Anyway, you got to check it out. Freshbooks.com slash to-do. In the how did you hear about us section, enter to-do. That helps out beyond the to-do list greatly. Go ahead and try it out. If you've never tried it out, go ahead and try it out. You will see. Wouldn't you rather know? Test this tool for 30 days. Thanks again for listening, and I will see you next episode. Beyond the To-Do List is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Theorize over the TV shows Once Upon a Time, Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, and Under the Dome. Laugh with our clean comedy, delve into science fiction and philosophy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews, and more at noodle.mx.